Hey, She Slays listeners. Before we get into the episode, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, the Focus Academy. So you know chiropractic can help kids, but you lack confidence in your knowledge or communication skills to educate parents in your community. I've got a solution for you. The Focus Academy gives you the training and education to understand the why behind those wins and challenges you're seeing in clinic. They teach you how to perform a full brain-based exam, how to go beyond just the subluxation, but stay principled in your chiropractic approach and address and understand the consequences on brain development. They take a two-pronged approach. First, clinical solutions taught in a way that gives you full access to a deeper and more comprehensive understanding and breaks those techniques and approaches down into digestible and practical steps. Second, right now strategies you can employ wherever you are in your training. You'll learn how to seamlessly ask and answer the big questions in your clinical exams and re-exams and have it actually inform the whole child approach and care planning in a way your patients will understand. And since you're a She Slays listener, you'll get free access to the Focus Academy's Kickstart program. Just click the link in the show notes to get started on your journey to improving your practice. Hey, She Slayers, and welcome to another episode of She Slays the Day podcast. I am your host, Dr. Lauren Brunswick, and it's you and me, baby. Um, I almost started singing. There's a very inappropriate song that has that cadence. It's Let's Talk About Baby something. I don't know. I'm an 80s kid. If you don't know what song, I'm sure it'll come up on TikTok at some point and I will say, hey guys, remember like episode whatever? This is the song I was going to say but was inappropriate. I feel like there's so many times that I feel the responsibility. Oh, we're going to get around to talking about leadership today. But there's so many times that I feel the responsibility to educate Gen Z when it usually comes around TikTok where a song, like just the tiniest snippet will come out. And I'm like, oh my gosh, do you guys know though that this is an amazing song. This isn't even the best part of this song. An older millennial, there's a lot of responsibility here. I just want you to know, and I hope you sympathize with me because I, I feel responsible for making sure that you are well-rounded humans, mostly in your music tastes. Uh, I think that's usually what it comes back to is making sure that you're, you know, well-rounded. Okay. So Like I said, today we are talking about lessons in leadership and being a better CEO that I've learned in the last year. Um, But you want to hear a funny story about Ty first? Okay, I know you said yes. So, Ty, my youngest, Enneagram 8. Not supposed to type kids, but... mm. So, last week... (laughs) First of all, it's funny because the day started in the middle of the day with me seeing one of her recess teachers at the clinic and she said like, hey, will you talk to Ty about just being a little more inclusive? They've started this club at recess and there's this one kid who wants to play with them, but she said he's not in the club and can't play. And I was like, oh, okay. So before I could even bring that up that we needed to fix that, Kirby texts me, call me before you get home. We need to talk about what happened with Ty. I'm thinking it's a recess thing. Oh, I was wrong. So he goes, well, I get a call from the bus garage that Ty kicked some kid and tackled them. So then I talked to Ty. And what happened is, is Ty did in fact kick this kid coming by. Her name's Chloe. Chloe and Ty do not like each other. They have not liked each other for years. They are just, Chloe's not a bad kid. Ty's not a bad kid. Together, they are bad kids. So Ty kicked Chloe as she was walking by because she didn't like her. Chloe then took a picture of Ty. Ty didn't like that, tackled her, and then Ty got punched in the face by Chloe's big sister. These are the things that like we're dealing with over here people and it brings me to like our parent teacher conferences I really wish I could pick a teacher that understood the Enneagram because I feel like they're just so baffled by Ty they're like sometimes she's so sweet and I'm like yes I know she's got a huge heart but then they're like but sometimes she's just you know She feels like it's her job to enforce the rules. And I'm like, yes. And they're like, unless she doesn't like the rule. And I'm like, yes, again, Enneagram 8, right? Okay, 
this is her. I'm doing my best over here. I'm trying to make her a better human. But we can only get so far with certain personality types. And at a certain point, we're just going to have to call it a day. But she's young. We're still working. It's fine. I haven't given up on her yet. But yeah, Chloe better watch out because Ty's coming for her. Oh, we shall see if she gets kicked off the bus again this year. <laughs> Kirby said to her, you have to stop hitting people. Like, eventually you're going to get kicked out of school or go to jail. And she did, that didn't also seem to work. All right, listener highlight. So this is an Apple review. This is one of the best ones we've had in a while. I'm not saying it's a competition, but I am saying that, you know, this is the caliber of Apple Podcasts that I'm really encouraging you all to um, step up to, okay? Like, I believe in you that you can do this. So this is five stars, and it's from Game Bane. I don't know. I don't know what to do with that. Um, do, like, is this like your AOL instant messenger name? Like, what is this? Anyways, it says my favorite podcast. I get giddy when the new episode comes out on Sunday. I love how honest and real Dr. Lauren is. I feel like a crazy person because I often answer her out loud and have conversations as if she can hear me. That's how relatable she is, though. She has had some really awesome guests on her show, but mixes it up with answering listener questions or just plain having fun. Dr. Lauren, thank you for being an encouragement and bright spot in my week. You're welcome. And, you know, I am hoping you guys are listening and talking out loud to yourself. Right before I got on to record, I actually got tagged in something on stories by someone who was on an airplane listening to an episode and laughed out loud. She was referencing episode 160 where apparently I said I'm a headless chicken looking for my head chicken. I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know the things that come out of my mouth. Like, you can send me a funny thing next week and say like, oh my gosh, in this most recent episode. And I'm like, what did I say? It's like I black out and I'm like, whew, okay. So thank you, Game Bane. <laughs> for that wonderful review. And we have had some really awesome guests on the show. I don't play favorites, but you know I have favorites. Um, it's interesting when you've been podcasting for a while, you start going like, am I going to run out of ideas? Like, what? Who am I going to have on? Who do you want on? Um, now, you have to keep in mind that there's this whole like, all right, I'm gonna, you want a little behind the scenes here? All right, you're going to get a little behind the scenes. So, I can ask pretty much, okay, well, this is going to sound cocky now, but if it's somebody on Instagram that has, let's say, 25,000 followers or less, there is a good chance I can ask them to be on the podcast. So, just throwing that out there. Don't be sending me that you think I should have Oprah on or Kim Kardashian. Like, I've asked. They won't come on yet. They won't respond. So, you know, throw out some suggestions, throw out some topics, because I'm starting to, like, plan. We're kind of to mid-January at this point in our content and what we're planning. So, you know, shoot me an email. Let Send me a question. Whatever. Okay. So remember a couple episodes ago where I said I have exciting news and it was really not exciting and I went on a whole long tangent about being catfished. And then I said, we are hiring. Okay, we're still hiring. So if you're looking for a job as an associate, might I recommend the wonderful Northwoods of Wisconsin. And you get to hear my jokes all the time. But that's not even what I was going to say. So this is definitely some like insider thing happening here. Not insider trading. I don't really know what that means. We are not going to go public with, to the world about this until like December 4th. So you're welcome. You're getting a behind the scenes, extra behind the scenes here. So for the last couple years, I have been really on an awesome transition um, journey. Uh, path, whatever kind of like walkway you want to put me on is fine. Um, stepping into, you know, my mid thirties, late thirties. Okay, fine. 36, not quite late thirties, but I'm not, not early thirties anymore. 
and a lot of the lessons that have come with a large staff and multiple clinics and honestly just starting to do the or doing the podcast, doing courses, having an Airbnb and starting a couple businesses. And over the last couple of years, there have been mistakes that I've made. There have been lessons I've learned there. And then there've been things that I've just nailed on the head and done right. And all of that is to say, I have been really spending time praying and focused on what is my contribution to chiropractic. Obviously the podcast. Okay, don't worry. The podcast is going to keep happening. That's, this isn't my way of saying goodbye, but like what have I experienced that I can help chiropractors who are like me, who are maybe a couple years behind me, not in age or, you know, like just in their own journey, what have I experienced and what can I teach to help them transition easier than I did? And Without further ado, starting in December, we are launching the Multi-Passionate Chiropreneur. It is a 10-week program. The program itself will not start until the beginning of February, but sign-up will happen all of December to early January. There will be 24 spots. I'm limiting it this first time because I want to really be intimate with the first group of people going through this and make sure we'll we'll break it into like three groups of eight. And I really want to make sure that I am helping these multi-passionate chiropreneurs walk this transition well and really be involved in what their transition is. So it is for a multi-passionate chiropractor. So this is a chiropractor who's been in practice a little bit. Basically, it doesn't matter how many years, but they're at the point in practice where it's it's pretty well established. Um, yes, of course, they want to see more people, but kind of just the day-to-day grind of figuring out systems, procedures, marketing, and all of that is behind them. They've done a lot of the work. They've done a lot of the solving of problems and they kind of find themselves a little bored with the idea that adjusting all day, every day, the rest of their life may be it. They may even feel, some people may even feel a little suffocated at the idea that they have to be in their brick and mortar in order to make money. And so the idea of being able to leave the clinic for a month and check back, you know, make sure things are going well, but still be making money while they're gone and all of that is very exciting. So this is a very specific person who has tons of ideas but is afraid to kind of exit stage left a little bit from their clinic. They're worried what will happen to the clinic. So this is a very intense program. There's going to be trainings and homework that is released every Monday. And then every Thursday, we will get on a call, work through the homework together and really be accountable that you are putting the steps in place. The first eight weeks are really around securing your cash cow, making sure that your clinic is, as you start to exit stage left, that your clinic is stable and your team morale is not going to suffer, your patient visits aren't going to suffer, your training is not going to suffer, nothing is going to suffer even though you're bringing back a lot of your energy from the clinic back to yourself. So you have the energy to pursue this next adventure. And then the final two weeks is where we're actually going to start talking about the next adventure, whatever that may be for you, a second clinic, a course, a podcast, an Airbnb, but actually start putting pen to paper of what does that look like? What's that timeline? Bringing in experts on that. So the reason that, you know, like I said, I'm only going to be talking about it on the podcast from now until December. There is a wait list. So you can click the link below if the wait list does not mean that you are signed up, but it will give you access December 2nd through December 4th. The only people who are going to have access kind of a first dibs to these 24 are the wait list and the people I'm speaking at Cairo Intensive in Denver for Elise Rigney. So her group of Cairo's will also have access even though if they're not on the wait list. So for 48 hours, it will be kind of 
pre-shown to the group of people and it will be at the lowest price. As of December 4th, that is when it will go up to its normal price. It'll still be like an early bird price, but it will be more expensive than the 48 hour sale. And that's when we will go public with Facebook ads and all of that to the rest of the world. So if you want more information, if you want access to the 48 hour like pre-sale and that get dibs on those 24, then join the waitlist below. I promise I'm not going to talk your ear off about it for the next month. Well, I mean, I don't know what talk your ear off is about, but I'm, I'm going to talk about it. But we should probably, we should probably get to getting, huh? Let's pray. And then let's talk about lessons in leadership. Dear God, thank you. Uh, thank you for the blessings that you give each and every single one of us as a leader. A lot of us listening, maybe students, associates, CAs, not even in the chiropractic world, and we don't think of ourselves as a leader. And so we may think that a lot of what I'm saying today may only apply to their boss, the person who signs their checks. And that couldn't be furthest from the truth. God, you chose people in the Bible to be leaders that did not hold any position of power or authority. Even though today talking about humility isn't necessarily one of the lessons I'm talking about to the bosses out there who are in a position of authority, help them hear what I have to say, to lead with humility and a heart of constant growth. In your name we pray. Amen. Okay, so like I said, um, oh boy, I, do you guys just look at your, like the last, like your years in practice and go, wow, everyone just gets different, just different. Like you just, I look at the first few years in practice and that was such a stage of just like growth on the practice, right? Like you're just marketing and creating systems and, you know, I would say, for the last five years, I've really, really been on a course of having multiple people under me and responsible for them. And I really take on a lot of a lot of responsibility to grow my employees, no matter how long they've been with me, how no matter how long they plan on being with me, we talk the talk and walk the walk as far as like, I care about their personal development. I care about growing their skills, not just for my benefit, but for their relationship. Now, my therapist might say that that's because still it's selfish because I don't want to have to deal with them going through divorce and sucking as an employee. I don't know. You're not my therapist. You don't get to diagnose me. <laughs> Um, no, I, I, I care about people and I care about my employees a lot and I protect them and pour into them. So the bigger we've gotten, the more people and the more people you realize you really need to have structure that is different. So going into 2023 for the last couple months, I knew, you know, yes, it's, it's nice if like January is when this idea is going to start, but right, like you kind of get through life where, you can feel yourself stepping into the next level, even though it's not January. And you're like, well, okay, should I time it with Q4? Um, sometimes we just don't choose when we are going to do this. So I didn't wait until January or even Q4 to start to kind of switch my mindset and realize that who we've been as a clinic to get to a million dollars to get to 700 people a week, to get to 12 employees, to get to this point is not who we will be to get to 2 million. And I don't know if we'll ever get to 2 million, but like, listen, this, this, is, my, this is my thing, okay? What would a $2 million clinic do? What would a $2 million CEO do? What would? And so this is kind of the filter that I've been putting through. How would that clinic show up 
for their patients? How would that clinic market? How would that clinic serve people? How would that clinic serve its employees? You know, really starting to think about one of the things that in this is like, we focus so much on our space for our patient experience, yet one of the things that people just admire so much about Google and Apple and Microsoft and whatever is like, you know, they talk about like, oh, they have the smoothie bars for their employees and they have like ping pong tables for their employees and nap pods. I made up that last one. I don't know if they have nap pods. Um, I don't know if that's a thing. It should be a thing. Uh, hashtag timestamp. No, not timestamp. What's it called? Trademark. Um, so they're really focused on in order to get the highest quality out of their employees that they they support their employees in all these different ways. And so, you know, we don't have the space right now, but we're going to be doing construction probably in the next year or two. And in that, I'm thinking about like, what kind of space, like literally, do I want nap pods? Do I want like, do I want, you know, we have a shower in the basement. So if they work out on their, we have that now, like on their lunch break, they have a place because a lot of them, you know, have like a 25 minute commute from home. And so it's just starting to think about what would, what would a clinic twice my size do? What kind of things, how would they show up? So some of the lessons that you know, that's probably one of the biggest ones is thinking that mindset of who do I need to be? What would that look like for my employees? First and foremost in me, second in our clinic. Hey, She Slayers. When I first started practice, I thought I needed to dress a certain way for patients to trust me. And I spent hours trying to design communication and marketing materials that worked. After 12 years of practice, here's a couple things I've learned. One, I don't have to wear dress pants and button-ups for a patient to take me seriously. And two, why recreate the wheel when a design professional has already done all the work for me? Well-Aligned offers solutions in both of these categories. They have the coolest and most comfy chiropractic shirts that will showcase your personality, as well as beautifully designed communication and marketing tools to help drive new patients, get more referrals, and gain better retention in your practice. From the best chiropractic apparel to modern patient education materials, Well Aligned has you covered. All She Slayers get 10% off plus free shipping on orders of $75 or more with promo code SHESLAYS. Visit www.wellaligned.com to save. Hi friends, I wanted to take a quick break from the episode to make sure you all know about the cool stuff we have happening over on Patreon. This is a platform where I can offer you extra content, behind the scenes interviews, quick trainings, and exclusive trainings answering your exact question live, back to back with me. It's a way for me to more directly interact with you and post some fun things that would never be in the normal weekly episodes. To check out what we're doing and to sign up, click the link in the show notes. Hey, She Slayers, so many of you connect with my story as a chiropractor because I started all wrong. Years into practice, I had to completely turn it around from being an insurance and pain-based model to a thriving subluxation-based cash practice. I have a lot of ways that that happened, but I am not exaggerating when I say the number one thing I changed was adding CLA's insight scanning technology. The insight helped grow our practice from 300 people a week to over 500 a week in the course of one year, purely by showing objective findings and providing reports to patients. So many docs I talk to struggle to communicate the why behind a care plan when the patient's pain goes away in a few visits. They struggle to keep patients after insurance stops paying. They don't know how to explain why a kid benefits from chiropractic care, even though they have no symptoms. They don't do progress exams because what am I going to do to show the patient progress? I am telling you every single thing I just said, my answer to the doc is, are you using insight scanning technology in your clinic yet? Because it's the solution to all of those issues. 
If you have questions, the staff at CLA is absolutely incredible and will help answer those questions and help implement this big change into your practice. Click the link below in the show notes as She Slays listeners get preferred pricing and hundreds of dollars off their purchase. Another thing, this is a big one. Um, We like to, and I feel like this happens a lot. I'm not being ageist here, okay? This is just like the longer you live, the more suffering that you have experienced. (laughs) Life lessons. You know, I think like, when I was like, you know, 27, 28, I'd been in practice five years and well, that math was bad. I graduated at 24. So whatever you do the math. Um, and this is when I was really, you know, I started having employees and I'm like, I want to become a better leader. And like, I would pray to God, God, I want to be a better leader. And I would like watch people who on stages and read books and be like, oh my gosh, I just want to be more patient and more empathetic and all of this. Um, I don't know when my voice dropped, you know, in my, it must've been in my thirties. Uh, cause apparently in my late twenties, that's how I talked. And I have developed a lot of the skills that I have prayed for. <laughs> and one of the things that I've come to realize is that when you ask for something, you will, you know, get it likely not in the way that you were hoping or expecting. If you think about children and how they grow into kind, stable human beings. Let's talk about Ty. How do we think Ty is going to learn to not kick Chloe? Well, it's going to be through having sit-downs with her parents that make her cry, you know, um, being grounded, losing TV time, maybe getting kicked off the bus, maybe losing sugar, maybe losing TV time, maybe having to read books, maybe having to write apology letters, a lot of things that Ty would not choose. Now, Ty does have a big heart and she wants to be kind. She doesn't want to, uh, poor thing calls herself a naughty kid and we're like, you are absolutely not naughty, but like she wants to not kick Chloe. She wants to be good and for that to be her default. And in order for her to become where she is now to the human that God blessed better not kick people when she's a little older, that's going to be going through some discomfort. And so when we ask for things like, I'd really like to be more patient, God tends to give it to us in one of two ways. Either a trial and tribulation, basically just suffering, a time of suffering, (laughs) or a test. I don't know why we can't learn lessons the easy way, but we don't. We really don't. Any skill that I have grown over the last few years, empathy, patience, things that weren't necessarily my default, have been learned skills through some of the hardest times. So, you know, a trial and tribulation, that's just a time of suffering, okay? So that's that's a pandemic that is, that it, you know, insert, you know, your associate leaving, your office manager leaving, not being able to pay your bills, like whatever that that hardship is, like going through that suffering, anybody, I guarantee you, no matter your age, can look back at a time, you know, maybe in high school where you got dumped. Do I think that was a test from God? No, I think that was a time of suffering where you you learned something and you developed something, you know? So there's that. And then there's other times where we are given tests. And I think if you pay attention, I think life has a funny way of responding really quickly Try it. Tomorrow, pray for a leadership skill that you want to develop more. Pay attention to your next 48 hours. And I have a feeling that you will notice lots of little tests of how to show up, not as your default, but to practice that skill. You want empathy 
Oh, watch out. You pray for empathy. You're going to have 48 hours of opportunities to be motherfucking empathetic. Good luck. <laughs> so otherwise, we don't learn. This is just it. So that has been one of the biggest things in becoming a better CEO, becoming a leader that I've realized that like, oh, it's never going to come easy. It's always going to be uncomfortable. And the more I can embrace like, oh, like almost being like thankful of like, oh, this is the work. Like this, oh, thank you, God. Um, I mean, no thank you. I really didn't want that when I woke up today. Maybe it would have scheduled it in for the 17th. But okay. All right. Sounds good. I will get to work. You will get it. We ask for it. God delivers. So I don't know. Is this the second or third thing? We'll say the third thing. What was the first? The first was, oh yeah, sure, sure. We'll say this third. <laughs> so the third thing I've learned, so you guys might not know this, but I'm a little obsessed with personality tests, most specifically the Enneagram. Now, I just love Strength Finder. I love the disc. I love these things. And as you know, we'd like to talk a lot about growth and like these are your strengths. And I've heard a lot of people talking about like not to focus on weaknesses, but to really lean into strengths. And I agree, but I disagree. In order to be an ideal leader, you must be balanced. Okay, I think that that is just, I would go toe to toe against anybody arguing that an unbalanced person is going to struggle as a leader. Now, it doesn't mean that you need to strive for complete equanimity. I am a very passionate person. So for me, I don't mean being balanced is that I don't get really excited and like almost um, manic about ideas. Like, no, that is a strength of mine. I have high energy and really a lot of drive and passion. Now, what I, the whole yin to that yang is that, okay, I need to be conscious that my team also needs stable, calm energy. It's okay for, like, it's great that that's my strength. But a lot of times, if we look at someone who's got that strength, okay, we'll go like, okay, Lauren, would you say one of your strengths is that you're super stable and, like, emotionless and, like, calm about things? I'd be like, oh, absolutely not. That is the opposite. That's, in fact, one of my weaknesses is that I tend to either be high or low and not neutral, stable. And so for me, that is a weakness that I'm going to focus on because it's a weakness that counterbalances one of my greatest strengths. So here's another example, because I know like I haven't heard this talked about anywhere um, and I want you to do this. I want you to write down your top five strengths as a leader and figure out like, okay, what's the weakness that counterbalances there? So, okay. If I was like, you know what? I think I need to fix all my weaknesses. I might look at the fact that I'm a little disorganized when it comes to life and go, okay, I need to get more organized. Now, if I was more organized, would that make me better? Probably. Do I have endless energy and willpower to fix every single air quotes flaw or weakness about me? Hail to the no. Uh, hopefully at some point in my life, I will like use the label maker I asked for for Christmas, but like mm, not anytime soon. I got other fish to fry. So, because it's Friday, just kidding. So one of my strengths is, this is connected to the disorganized thing. So another strength of mine is my visionary, my ability to like think really big picture. I love this because it helps me come up with these really great creative solutions that people, other people didn't come up with. Now, the counter to that strength is that sometimes it's really hard for me to pay attention to the details. 
Now that's not, now you could see not paying attention to the details and being disorganized, how they're kind of in the same box, but my focus isn't going to be broadly, you could see how I would get distracted of like, oh, I just need to like label things and like clean up my workspace better. Sure, that's not what your team needs from you to be a balanced CEO and leader. What they need is for you to think big, but also work on realizing when you're not paying attention to the details and be able to sit through some of those boring details in your brain. Um, So this is what I want you to do. Write down, again, your top five strengths that you love about you that make you this bomb-ass leader. And then think about what is the weakness that goes with that strength, okay? So like I said, for me, high energy, one of my strengths. I have high energy and low energy. I don't want to work on low energy. I want to work on stable energy. I am a visionary. Yes, I love that. Okay, also need to be able to focus on being present and the little details. So that is definitely something I've worked on and have, I don't want to say enjoyed, but it seems doable. It really, really seems doable for me. Okay, next one is I hear, oh my gosh, so everybody talks about like wanting to get their employees like on board with their mission and vision and that's how you're going to retain them if they just like believe in your mission and your vision and like I don't disagree. I really don't. It's good. Sure, 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 sure. Uh, I will say that you can only shove your mission and vision down your employee's throat without really bringing them on board for so long. So what a lot of people, a lot of leaders tend to be kind of controlling. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to other people, of course. And so what we like to do is we like to like spout our mission and vision and we're like, get on the train people. And they're like, yeah, I'm on the train. Yeah. And then they're like, what should I do on the train? And we're like, sit down and buckle up. And they're like, oh, okay. So can I like help run the train? No, no, unless you do it exactly how I want. It's like, oh, okay, sounds good. Um, So one of the ways that I really get people to care as much as they can, as much as they can, because it's not their business, they are on their own path, but is to give them more responsibility. Now, do not pull your employees and say, who would like more responsibility? They'll all feel obligated to say yes, but deep down they're going to go home to their partners and be like, ugh, she's going to give me more work. And it may not even come with more money. Um, So over the last year, we have three basically like core managers, kind of like, you know, they've been there the longest and they're all extremely skilled in different things. And I have poured into delegating and giving them more responsibility. And I'm not going to lie, none of them got a raise with it. But the way that I laid it out to them, the way that I empowered them, the way that I uh, encouraged them, supported them along that way, took them from a place of like, really? You think that, like, because your employee likely doesn't believe in themselves. You know, this is definitely something that I think CEOs and leaders have. We can see skills in people that a lot of times they can't see. And so you may be bringing something to someone and saying like, I'd like you to take over this. And this isn't how you're going to say it. Obviously, you're going to do a much better job of empowering them. And they're going to go like, oh, okay. Because they're afraid they're going to mess it up because you've been doing it. You've been in control this whole time and they really don't want to disappoint you. And right now they know their job. And so stepping into an area of discomfort, but I can tell you that as they start to learn it and as you fully start to delegate, they really start to take ownership. And why do we care about our business so much? Because we own it. How do we get to our employees to care about our business a little bit? We give them ownership. Get it? Get it? Responsibility. Ownership. 
stop being such a control freak. All right, fourth, fifth, I don't know, final thing is the importance of having think time. So you may not know this about me, but I am a highly productive person. I may have said on the podcast before that I think there are two people in life. There are people who nap and there are people who think people that nap are losers. I'm just kidding. I don't think my husband's a loser. He's a napper. He would never dare nap uh, during the work week because he knows that like I would just be so disappointed. We're working on it, okay? I'm encouraging him to actually start napping. It, like power naps, just like 20 minutes, not like an hour. Can't lose that productivity time. Um, anyways, what was I talking about? Oh, so <laughs> there are, you know, I like being productive. I like have a strong to-do list. But one of the things that I've noticed is where my greatest creativity and ideas come from are often you know, on a run or just sitting and thinking, just sitting and thinking, not sitting down to solve a problem, just think time. This is definitely something that every book I've read about, you know, big time bosses, people with multiple corporations, you know, multiple businesses, multiple just plates, plates to juggle, balls to juggle, balls to juggle, plates to spin. Yeah, they they have to work that time in to think. So this could look like lots of different things for you. If you can't pull a shift back, it may look like showing up to the clinic half an hour early while it's still quiet with nothing planned, not distracting yourself with your email, but just sitting. And it's okay for your employees to see you thinking. It's actually really good for your employees to see you thinking. And they might get scared, especially if you're a multi-passionate chiropreneur. They're like, oh God, what is she going to change now? What is she doing? But some of the greatest solutions really can come from when you sit and allow yourself that space to think. You literally could benefit your business $10,000 with a single change or improvement by sitting and thinking for 35 minutes, right? And we just get so like, oh, that 35 minutes, I could have been adjusting. Like, yeah, but you just came up with a solution that's going to save your business $10,000 a year the rest of your career. Like, do you think that was worth it? Okay, so now if you are saying to me, oh, Lauren, I do that. Yay, bravo. Next step, have time for thinking for each of your employees. I, all of our full-time employees have a shift where they are not, so even the doctors, like they're working, but they're not like the key adjusters. So they might be doing, making some marketing, but really they're not adjusting. And they, this is just their shift to like, they're in the clinic, they're, but they're thinking. Our CAs, they have a shift, each of them, that they're away from the front desk where they might do a training. Now, one of the things that I am experimenting with is starting to kind of give that. So like, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. We have time where they step away to train. Why don't you, let next time you're talking to your office manager, and you guys are trying to come up with a solution to something. See it. Now, obviously, like this all depends, but try telling them, say like, why don't you, if it feels right for you, go for a walk or go sit in a quiet space and just think about this problem for a little bit and see what your brain comes up with. Like if you have quality employees like if you're about to go adjust and you don't have that, but like you can spare one of your CAs for a half hour, do you know how responsible that would make them feel and involved in your team to be like, okay, you know, because you more most of the time, if you're talking with this employee, like they understand the problem. I mean, like, yeah, you know what? Why don't you just like go for a walk, go this, like, and really allow yourself to like think and see if you can come up with a solution. I'll do the same. 
But sometimes, you know, a lot of our CAs, they're not reading Atomic Habits. They're not listening to Tony Robbins. Like, obviously I'm stereotyping. A lot of them might be, but like, we just have a little different brain. We have a learning brain. And so sometimes you got to teach your employees the steps that you learned. It, having time or thinking was not like just sitting and doing nothing to come up with a solution and just having that think time wasn't a natural thing for you probably in the beginning. You thought you had to like force productivity, sit in front of a computer, listen to it. Like, so it's not crazy that you have to train your CAs to think through things the same way of like, hey, why don't you go just sit without your computer and think about it? And, you know, if you come up with something, great. If not, don't stress. But, like, give them that opportunity as well. Give them that blank space. I heard once that, and who knows if this is true, that Gmail was actually invented by an employee at Google who was just, like, thinking, was just really, you know, wasn't a project for them to solve. It was an idea or solution on their like think time. So Kirby talks about in the corporate world, I don't remember what it's called, but it's this idea that, and we haven't formalized this quite yet. I, I might do this in 2023 because I like, it is kind of that like, what would a $2 million clinic do? They would tap into the brains of people who've worked there, right? Like who, it's not all on me. Uh, so 90% of the time, so this is back when Kirby was a corporate consultant, was expected to be working on the projects that they were assigned, you know, their, their job. And 10% of their time was allowed to be whatever they wanted to work on relating to work. So what this would look like, you know, if you've got Oh, I'm not going to do math. So a three to four hour time period where your employee is being paid, but they're like, you're like, okay, you know, like go think, <laughs> go solve whatever issue, go do whatever training you want. You want to sit and read, be our guest, which is a fantastic book, a second time and like, rep like great. But like, can you do that? Now, some of you might be like, how the heck am I going to, learn like how am I gonna have this employee be able to step away like we are staffed so we are fully staffed so our if we're at a hundred percent patient adjustments like our max capacity our patients will have a great experience good to great experience if we are like literally we can't fit another patient in comfortably so that means that like a lot of times, you know, we may only be like 85%. So we can do a really good experience with one less CA at the front desk. Not ev like not after school. A lot of times it's more like the mornings and like, one, you know, that like 10 to 11 o'clock-ish time or, you know, but like, and the reason I do that is because I don't want if somebody has to call in sick, they've got a kid home from daycare or things like that. I don't want to be so understaffed that our patient experience goes from great to poor. You know, if like I can get by with two, I tend to like to have three CAs on a shift. And because I like them being able to have this time, I also like being able to send one on a project, lose one if I need to, like, and still know that our patients are going to be taken care of. That's just the way that we're staffed. It doesn't work for everyone. I just like that buffer of like, we're probably half a CA more than we need, but I can't cut them in half. It doesn't work that way. Do I want the right half or the left half? Okay, so I hope that you picked up some tidbits in this. Like I said, this is, I just, I'm starting, I'm not excited about the wrinkles. I'm really not, or the gray hairs. Um, it's really awkward when they grow because they're like, especially when they're like three inches long, they stick like straight up in the middle of my part. If you like really look at some of my reels or my stories, you'll be able to see them. Um, I'm not excited about that, but the wisdom that is coming with just like every month that I am in this situation, 
it's kind of crazy. It's really crazy to go like, wow, what will I have learned by the time I'm 45 in this career? What will I have learned by the time I'm 55? Like, that's crazy. Getting old is wild, people. Oh, I still find old people boring. But I will say that old people has really changed. So like old isn't like 50s or 60s anymore. Now it's like 80s or older. I'm just kind of like, yeah. Unless you got like really, you're good at telling stories. If you're good at telling stories, like Reggie Gold, I don't know how old he was when I saw him. He seemed old, but then again, I was only 20. So maybe he was like 65. Um, You know, he knew how to tell a story. So maybe that's what I think old people are lacking. Charisma. Um, (laughs) Energy, you know, because they're freaking old. How'd we get on this? Oh, anyways, getting old is kind of getting cool. Um, minus, Minus the aging. So I hope this helped. Again, if you are looking for a job or you know someone who wants to work for a really great CEO and leader, hello, uh, we're looking for nap pods. I'm going to build nap pods. Um, send, shoot me a DM on Instagram. If you'd like to get on the wait list, check out that link below. And if you enjoyed this, I would love, you know, if you wrote a review on Apple, if that's how you're listening. I don't know if you can do it on Spotify or even just screenshotting and sharing on social media and tagging me, which just help so much get the podcast out to people. I love you. I hope you have a great week. Bye. Hey, She Slayers, are you looking to get your team off the phone and streamline your front desk so you can spend more time doing what you love? SCED has exactly what you're looking for. They will automate all your appointment reminders, missed appointment reminders, reactivation campaigns, allow you to have two-way texting with your patients. Plus, they have a very cool app that your patients are going to love. The app alone saves chiropractors tons of time because it gives patients the flexibility to move appointments to a time that works better for them. Don't worry, you won't lose control of your schedule because you'll have access to all the parameters that keep you still in control. Plus, there's overbook protection, so your schedule won't get out of hand. SCED was created by a chiropractor for chiropractors, so you can rest assured that you're getting the absolute best system for your office. Dr. Eric Kowalki is committed to the chiropractic mission, and he works closely with his developers to always be innovative so that we have the best system available. If you're hesitant to switch to SCED because you already use something else, let me tell you, it's worth every penny. Plus, mention that you heard about it on my podcast, and they'll give you a discount. Seriously, it is a game changer. Don't wait.